Hi everyone, welcome to Wild and Woke. This is our listener story episode four and it will be a little different this week. I recorded a phone call with my dad where I asked him to talk about some of the ghost stories he had from when he was younger and um, just some other creepy stories he had. So I hope you guys enjoy. but we were living in the house on Main Street, and I know that that was from probably, I was five or six years old. We lived there for maybe two or three years, and it was a big, uh, gray, two-story, kind of a plain-looking house, uh, but had huge rooms in it. So we were uh, in the kitchen one night, eating supper. Uh, It was a Piper. It was a kitchen. I don't remember a kitchen table in the kitchen, but I remember there was kind of a counter around one side that we always used to sit and eat. Anyway, we heard a loud crash that came from the cellar, and it was a it was a cellar that was only one way in and one way out. Uh, he had to come in the back porch that which was enclosed, and this was all you know, fifty two years ago. Yeah, uh, that was enclosed. But you came in like a back door, and you could either go straight down a set of steps into the basement or go to the right up, and that puts you on the back porch. And if I'm not mistaken, there was a washer and dryer out there, then a door going in the kitchen. Then you could go straight and go into the bathroom. Anyway, so I can't remember if his mom told us what to go down and see what happened or who it was that went down there. Yeah. But one of us, me, and I think I was, it was maybe me and Tammy might have went down there and saw that there was a, um, one of these oil lamps, hurricane lamps, that had fell supposedly off a shelf and was laying on the cement floor and it was all busted up. Well, I think what it was that we didn't see a, a broom and a dustpan down there, so we came back up and to finish supper and we we're going to get the one off the back porch and when we went down to clean it up which was probably 15 20 minutes i can imagine it was already cleaned up in a pile but you couldn't tell around it where it had been swept oh yeah so it was it was kind of weird and then uh and a couple other times you know the house was it was a big I think what they used to call a four-square house, which was just a square house, two stories, and it had, you went upstairs, and it had a huge landing that was probably, I mean, to me at the time was like the Grand Hall, but it was probably, you know, 12 by 12 or something like that, and it was a big landing, had a, a seats and stuff up there, and then it had three bedrooms that kind of went off of that, and then next to my bedroom was a closet that had the attic, uh, access but there's also a huge box in there that is and you know not to be dramatic but this about the same size as a coffin oh my god yeah and my grandfather had built it and he made it 
I don't know why he did that, but he made it for my mom to hold Christmas stuff in. <laughs> and it had a big, huge lid that would lift up and creak when it lifted up. And if you weren't careful when you're letting it down, you'd let go of it and it'd slam. Mm. Well, there was many a night laying in my bed next to it that it, it didn't back up to that. My bed was, if I remember right, it backed up to another, like an outside wall or something. But I could hear that thing creak and then slam. Oh, that's so creepy. Well, the closet between me and my sister's room was you walk in my closet and you go to the left and you're in my sister's closet. So they were offset, but they were connected. Yeah. And instead of going out in the hallway to... uh, make noise going on in my room that my mom would hear, you know. Yeah. I'd haul ass into my sister's bedroom. <laughs> and I'd sleep in there on the floor. Yeah. Because I wasn't going to go back in. But then, you know, it kind of stopped, you know. But we continued to have, we always had bats in the house. Bats would get in somehow through the attic, through the chimney, through something. They'd always get in the house. Yeah. Uh, several times I remember that happened. And then we had a friend who used to come over and uh, get him out. So, um, so I remember I remember walking home from school when we moved from our house on Fifth Street to Lincoln, and I had forgot about it. And I walked home from from Maple uh, Grade School and walked right in the house on Fifth Street, went right to the refrigerator, pulled something out, and then went in the TV room and noticed that. Wait a minute. We don't live here anymore. <laughs> but, but nobody, I don't know if any, there they didn't hear me or nothing. So I, you know, I just left real quick. I did that twice. Oh my God. I know, you know, sit down and say, wait a minute, that's not our TV. You know, that's what chair. And oh shit, forgot we don't live here anymore. You know? So. Well, and back then I'm sure, especially in a small town like that, nobody locked their doors. No, no. Uh-uh. Wow. Uh, and that one was creepy too that house it had the same thing you walk in the back porch and you go down to the base that's where a lot of those houses up there when you come in the back porch that's where your access is to the basement oh you know like a cellar not, it, 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 they're cellars yeah, yeah not not many basements just cellars you know was it and, you was it you or mom that told me they lived in a house and you would go like to the top of the stairs and that's where the attic was was that I mom think that, i think that was your mom she said that something weird happened there. I'll have to talk to her about that. Yeah, you know, the both houses we lived in on 5th, and I think you've seen that one, on 5th Street. Oh, it was yeah. on a corner right, right down from Maple Grade School. And then the one on Lincoln, both had attic. They were bungalow type, and they both had the, the whole attic was a bedroom. Oh, yeah. You know, that was mine. And Well, the girls, they always lived up there, you know, until they moved out. And then I got it. Of course, you know. In the Midwest, in the winter, it gets cold, and it wasn't heated. <laughs> but he, but Russell did put an air conditioner up there, but the air conditioner was on a timer, so it would only come on at certain times. Oh, gosh. And my, I had an electric blanket, and it was on a timer. It went on at 9 o'clock, and it went off at 6. So uh, in the winter, you wake up, it'd be like 20-something degrees up there. Your glass of water would be froze next to you, you know. And you better have your stuff laid out the night before because you were grabbing it, hauling ass to get downstairs. Or just sleep in it. <laughs> or just, yeah. But, I mean, back then, I mean, I was, um, part of the time when I was in high school, I was working. So I was getting up at 6 every morning to be at the hospital by 7. 
Yeah. You know, because I worked in the x-ray department until uh, 11 or 11.30, and I didn't have to be to school till 12.30. Yeah. I worked at uh, whatever they call it. Does, did Henry still have that, where you'd work and then go to school in the afternoon? Uh, no, we would go to school in the morning and then go work in the afternoon. Oh, okay. All right. So, but it was, uh, you know, it was a great town, but uh, once one thing fell apart, you know, I think, uh, I can't remember what the first one was. I think one of the canning companies shut down, which was good for the other one. Yeah. But then when FMC closed down, which was the major employer, Food Machinery Corporation, that, remember that's the big building that burnt down with the tire fire? Remember that? Yeah, yeah. That you could see from the space shuttle that was crazy oh my god i didn't i don't yeah. think i knew that yeah it was you know the fmc building was probably six acres seven acres maybe longer in, in uh, the under roof and the whole thing was shoved full of tires yeah somebody was renting it they had a machine in there that they were shredding them up you know how they make tires for playground mulch and stuff like that mm-hmm well, it caught on fire, and once a tire fire gets going, you can't put it out. Oh, yeah. And it was an environmental disaster in that area because, it, you know, the ground and the smoke and, you know, people had to evacuate, and it burned for, like, two months. Oh, my God. And it, it burned so hot that it, it, it melted the entire building because the building was built back in the 10s and the, or the 20s. You know, it had metal beams and posts and stuff like that, and it just burnt everything to just huge piles of molten metal. When was that? That would have been back in the early 2000s, I think. Did you ever have anything weird happen, though? I mean, even though it was a small town, did you ever have any, like, murders or anything? Well, the only... The only murder that happened when I was a kid, and I think when uh, the whole time me and your mom were living there, was there was a fight at the pump, and it was uh, during picking season, so we had we had a huge population of migrants that came in in the in the summer, and they they lived out at uh, there was a migrant camp at Joan, Joan of Arc owned it, and it was uh, gosh uh, you know like the 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 road that runs east and west that the high schools on. It was on this side of the tracks, and in the 40s, it was actually a German POW camp. Oh, wow. They had, yeah, they had several hundred German POWs there, and it really wasn't a camp that you would see in the worst sense. They were very well taken care of. You know, the, a lot of the women in the town fixed meals, took out their to them. Uh, they, they were workers. You know, uh, they were actually the ones who laid uh, a majority of the brick streets in that town. Because, you know, that town still got a lot of brick streets. Yeah. And they they were, uh, you know, but they never were, uh, you know, they all got paid, you know, and they sent money home to their families. Because, you know, in the Midwest, you know, we're not going to treat them here like they were treating us over there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, nobody's getting tied to the post and getting murdered and shot and stuff like that. These guys got treated pretty good. They just needed it someplace. And I don't know if it was an internment camp as much as it was they were shipping actual soldiers that they were capturing in Europe over here. Oh, wow. And I think they were doing it for labor, you know. Yeah. But, 
they didn't get treated bad. And that, this is what I've always heard from my grandparents and, and people around there, you know, that remember. My mom remembers when she was a kid going out there and um, my grandmother would fix them a few things and she would there would be men at the fence lining up and she would hand them different things and they weren't uh you know nobody she said nobody tried to grab her or anything like that you know yeah and so you know you figure she was born she's 81 so that makes her born in 38 39 yeah 39 something like that so she would have been in the 40s she'd have been five six seven years old you know stuff like that wow. and uh yeah so um but you know we had you know we get back to the story. That's where the that's where the migrants stayed out there, and they, you know, they their kids didn't go to school with us. You know, they just came in and and left. Probably went down back down to Florida, wherever it was warm. You know, whatever they were doing then. Yeah. You know. Now there were a lot of families that came in with that intention to do that, and then got jobs. You know, there were several Hispanic families that lived in town. Uh, I was friends with several of them, went to school with them, you know, and uh, played sports. And they were great people, but they came there with the intent to pick. And then, like, several of them, several of them got a job at FMC. Oh, yeah. You know, if, you, if you had a job at FMC in the 50s, 60s, 70s, you had a job for life. Tell me about the, um, the, that road that you talked about with the lantern or the red light or whatever. Oh, Red Lantern Road. Yeah, that's up around uh, Watsika. Watsika. That's between Milford and Watsika. It's, it, it's, you know, like any country ghost story, it all starts with uh, somebody dying and, and holding a lantern out or something like that, you know. Um, there was a place that you could go. Let me get off. I'm going to actually look it up here real quick. Mm-hmm. I have to get off what I was looking at. Um, Red Lantern Road, I'm going to look it up. Uh, you would drive up past Milford. Uh, there it is, right mm-hmm. there. It comes up on Google. Red Lantern Road, Watsika, Illinois. Yeah. Um, you could go up there, and there was a certain place that you'd park. you go by this huge... Uh, mailbox and the, and the thing was that if you stopped at that mailbox you better not put your hand in there because it's going to get cut off <laughs> you know there was some guy in town with a hook you know who predicated this thing you know uh that's where i got my hand cut off oh my god you know stuff like that and uh, you know to see it back in the 70s to see a dude in your town who's got a hook for a hand that is creepy as hell anyway <laughs> But, you know, so, you know, me and Darren went up there and parked. We told my, our mom and dad that we were going out coon hunting that night. Because we, we like to hunt all the time. You know, here we are, seniors in high school or, or or juniors in high school, and our parents thought nothing of us leaving the house at 9 o'clock at night with our shotguns. Oh, my God. Because, you know, whatever, you know, at least you're not here. Yeah. You know? And uh, so we had, we are drinking. You know, Danny, I was buying beer, keeping it at uh, Danny Tracy's refrigerator they had in the garage. And we'd drive over there. We'd load up cooler beer and 
Whenever we had spare money, we bought beer and stored it over there. Yeah. So there was one time we had like five, six cases of beer. We were the we were the man in town. You know, we had all this beer, someplace to store it. And uh, you know, even I had coolers in the back of my Pinto. Uh, Russell never asked me what was in those coolers. You yeah, know, he probably didn't care. He didn't care. But anyway, so me and Darren loaded up the cooler. We we're drinking. We had guns in the car with us. We said, let's go to Red Lantern Road. I said, all right, let's go. So we drove up there, drinking, sitting there. All of a sudden, we see the Red Lantern. It's weird. It's it's miles ahead of us. And it looks like it's getting closer and closer. We had our guns in the front seat with us. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's a noise next to it. Darren just unloads into the damn bank. Oh, my God. And if you've ever been in a car where a gunshot inside of it, you are deaf. Oh, yeah, Mark did that one time when we were in his Jeep, and it, oh, my God, it hurt. Yeah, and he just unloaded his shotgun over there. And, of course, then I stick mine out the door, and, you know, we're screaming and shooting. Don't know what the hell we're doing, and then we just, we take off. <laughs> we, we, were, uh, we were scared shitless. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. It was fun. Oh my god, that's funny. Wow. I'm glad that you told me that. So here it is. Red Lantern. Lantern Lane. Strange light on the road. The truth is here on Reddit. Oh, on Reddit. About Red Lantern Road in Watsika. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. And here, they, what they call it, Moody's Lights on Old Lantern Road story. Yeah, what about that? Then there's a whole thing about haunted places in Watsika. And haunted places in oh wow oh here's a here's a somebody put on images a video oh 43 minutes long god dang um did uh, we, you we didn't make it that long did you listen to the podcast that we did uh last week from the with the girl from illinois no uh-uh yeah she's uh shit i can't remember where she's from but she was talking about how the seven gates of hell have you ever heard about that Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she lived right there, so she was, like, like explaining it to us and what it used to be, like, old mining railroads and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Underground mines. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, we had a lot of stuff like that in Hendersonville. I mean, not like that, but a lot of creepy stories that were just, like, passed down, and we would go in to weird places that probably were not even real and just scare ourselves. Well, you know, like the, the ghost of the lady out on Dana Road. Oh, I don't know about that one. Well, you know, when you go out Dana Road and um, you go out Dana Road, you go over the interstate and you go past the two Allen streets, you know, one's, the first one's on the left, the second one's up there on the right. Yeah. And you're heading towards the four-way, but on the side, let me see, you go past the four-way, which is Howard Gap. On the left-hand side, there's an old brick block garage there. And right past that are some trees that are manicured with mulch around them. I don't know if that belongs to the Hendersons. But on foggy nights, supposedly, there's a lady in a gown that will stop motorists and ask how to get to, is it Union Gap or something, Union Gap Church. She's late for her wedding. Ooh. Like, she got killed on her way to her wedding. 
my God, that's weird. I've never heard that before. Yeah, my friend Alan that I worked with at uh, Summy, Alan Lively. Yeah. He lived out on, he grew up out on Deep Gap. Oh, yeah. And he encountered it one night. And I've heard stories from a couple other people that have seen but not encountered, you know. Yeah. Like she will. I've heard, you know, if you stop, she'll talk to you. Oh, my God. And but then, and then, like that, gone. That, that's more out towards, like, North Henderson, right? No, that's going out towards Dana. So, you know, I don't know. When, I, when, when we were in high school and we didn't know the roads really well, we kind of split the town up into high school regions. So, I'm trying it's to... East. East? Okay, okay. Yeah, you know, when, when you go to the, the four-way stop there... Where Piggies is? Yeah. On Four Seasons? Yeah. Turn right. That's Dana. Well, see, that's what we categorized as, like, North Henderson area. Anything out Four Seasons area was North Henderson to us. So we never went out there. Sugarloaf Road, if you live on the left-hand side of Sugarloaf Road, you went to North Henderson. If you lived on the right-hand side or the south side of Sugarloaf Road, you went to East High. Yeah, and everything out towards, like, Flat Rock and Saluda. That's I mean, East High. Yeah, we categorize that. And everything downtown, like, Main Street was um, in, like, the Pardee area in Laurel Park. That was all um, Hendersonville High. And then everything out in the country was West Henderson. Well, yeah, you, you're west from uh, 191 all the way to Buncombe County. Yeah. So we yeah. never, I mean... Really, we just stayed in, like, the East Henderson and Hendersonville High area, but that's how we would categorize it when we were in high school. Like, every high school in town, every kid that I talked to, that's what they would say. Like, are you going to go out towards West Henderson? We would say the areas as, like, they were the high schools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's your landmarks. Yeah. You know? and so, there, yeah, there are several things around here, you know, lots of devil worship stories from up on world's edge oh, up yeah. on uh you know up on pinnacle and stuff like that you know the now have you researched or talked about the triple murder that happened here in the 60s no Do you you heard about that i vaguely remember no not really well it, it was back when you were in high school not when you're it didn't happen in high school it happened back in the 60s but I think when you were in high school that they actually brought it back up and they had several, like a seven-week thing in the newspaper, different stories, different first-hand accounts of people that were alive then. Uh, oh, know, was the that the girl that was found in the Green River Gorge? Well, they were found down off of North Lake or South Lake Summit Road. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, they were found in a, um, there were three of them found in some sort of religious in a triangle or something like that, and they said that there wasn't like a square inch of them that wasn't punctured with an ice pick. Oh my god! And it was uh, it was a guy that owned Tempo Music. He was a shipman. He was gay, and it was a uh, I think one of his friends. I don't think it was his partner. One of his friends, and then a, an unidentified woman who they finally found out was uh, uh, one of these loose women from Asheville. Yeah. You know, she was down here partying, and they were uh, the 
of the partying crowd in the 60s, you know, pot and speed and stuff like that, the drugs that were really popular back then, you know, Coke wasn't real popular then, you know, probably not heroin around here, but, you know, they were some of the people that were, you know, they'd have pot parties, you know, and stuff like that. And they they found the car. I can't remember where they found the car, but they found the bodies up there, and it's never been solved. Oh, my gosh. There there was a black man, of course, that they think did it, but he died in prison from something else yeah and uh went prison for something else so that that is huge around here they're still i mean every once in a while they'll bring it up that's so crazy should, yeah so you should look at that you know it's kind of neat kind of a local thing that's one of the biggest things that's that happened around here until now we got you know all these meth murders and stuff like that you know yeah it's um, not, you know the, the stuff's happening now is not you know it's not creepy no it's just stupid I do remember there was one thing that happened in, I think I was in high school, where a boy that we went to high school with went missing one night after a party, and they couldn't find him for weeks. I mean, it was a very long time, and they ended up finding him out on 191. You know, some of those, let's see, you know that gas station that they turned into a pizza place out there? Yeah. There's like those neighborhoods across the street that have the community pools and stuff oh is that the one they found in a dead in a pond yeah yeah what was his name oh, was, was he, he was a black kid no he was a white kid he, I, um his name was roman that's it roman yeah yeah he was then they figure out that he was on acid yeah and yeah. he had like gone to like lay by the lake or, or the pond or something and ended up rolling in yeah, something like that. Passed out. But that scared everybody because he was he just like up and went missing after a party. Nobody knew where he was and I don't even know how they ended up finding him or what made them think to look in that pond. Oh man, that, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Well, there was another kid too that well since he was a black kid that drowned in a pond after between Etowah and Brevard at Bass Lake. He was a Hendersonville kid too, I think. There were a lot of drownings which was real a lot of people died when we were in high school that we went to high school with there was a lot of people that drowned out there at fawn lake yeah yeah um but yeah there was we you know we went up on pinnacle a lot me and taylor and Haley, and um will chandler and those people from west that i hung out with we would go up to pinnacle a lot because that's where supposedly all the creepy stuff would happen yeah. And this is before they paved it, where you could go up that, uh, by that old camp, that girls' camp. Oh yeah, that's that's still not paved. Yeah, so we would go up there, and um, go all the way up, and then, oh, gosh, I remember Becca and I used to swim at one of those lakes down there. We would take the Bronco down this like it was a walking trail; it was not a driving trail. Yeah. We would take the Bronco down, and there was, like, a huge rock you could get off on, and it was a beautiful lake. I think they... Oh, that, yeah, that's all fenced off now. Yeah, I figured. That's anyway, we saw hunting, some... big hunting camp. We saw some weird stuff up there, and then you got to the top, and you know you went to, like, the hang gliding, um... Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, the ramp. The ramp, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Anyway, we went up there one time, and it was me and Taylor and Haley, and it was in the bronco and i was driving and it was taylor and Haley was in the back and it was probably 
really late at night. We were coming around a curve and we saw this like white misty shadow on the side of the road. And then all of a sudden it just disappeared. It was real, real creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Will and I, when I dated Will, we would go up there all the time. And there was just, we would find weird shit all the time up there. Oh, yeah. You know, when you're coming back down and you're going to go towards Will's house, that like uh, horse horse pasture, the horse camp. Yep. Uh, we would find weird shit on the road right there. And then if you keep going straight instead of turning right to go to Will's house, you could go down that uh, really, really not taken care of dirt road. And it, it'll bring you down. Um, I think it brings you down in tuxedo. God, I don't know. All those roads uh, connect well, somehow. That, you know, you, you can go up there. The Green River Road goes up towards DuPont area that way. Yeah. You know, that's that, that comes out in Tuxedo. Yeah, I don't know. That's what we did for fun in high school because there was nothing else to do. That's what me and Chris always did, you know. Yeah, so we would drive but, up but there. Anyway, the one thing that happened in Hoopston that I remember was a Mexican stuck a knife and somebody at the pump and killed him. For what reason? Just Well, it's just a drunk fight. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the, the pump was not the best place to be back in the 70s and the 80s. It was rough as hell. You know, there was always fights and stuff like that. You know, now it's really the hub of the town, you know, because it's just they built onto it and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But uh, back then it was, you know, stay away from the pump and yeah. stay away from the from the second chance because the second chance was a bar on the other side of the tracks on market street and you never knew what was going to go down in there you oh, know geez. yeah so because you know hoopston even though it's a it was farming and everybody worked it was still had rough families yeah you know fighting families uh lots of drinkers because in the wintertime what else do you do in the midwest yeah. you know you got you to gotta stay warm somehow. Yeah. And uh, I, I just remember that. But then it wasn't until after we moved that there was, and then there was another murder. Mark had to investigate it. And they found this uh, heroin dealer uh, from Lafayette or something dead out in the middle of a cornfield. Oh, geez. And they never did solve that. But we always think that it was a schoolmate of ours, Perry yeah. Carswell, because he was, he was a heroin dealer around there. Like when me and mom were first married, he was living in town uh, and he was dating Cindy Carswell. She was a real pretty girl. And he, all he was doing then was uh, dealing a little weed and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. But then they moved to Florida and he was more the outlaw style. He's not going to work a 40 hour week if he can, you know, if he can sell something. Right. And so um, he moved back to town, and we always thought that, you know, everybody loved Mark. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, but Mark was scared of him. Wow. So he was never uh, charged or anything like that. He kind of had the run of the town. He wasn't a bully or anything like that, but he always felt like he was, you know, uh, immune to getting caught by the law. Yeah. At least getting caught by Mark. Yeah. Because, of course, you know, we're all we're close uh, classmates, too. Yeah. You know, Perry, hell, I went to school with him 12 years. I mean, he lived two blocks from me 
when we were going to Maple School, you know. Yeah. And he and he had a reputation of being a little bit of a fighter, you know. But I was always friends with him, and never had any problem, you know. A fantastic athlete, you yeah. know. Played on a couple championship basketball teams. But anyway, that was another murder that happened. Now shit, it's happening all the time. Well, yeah, and know? it's not as like I don't want to say it's fun to talk about because no murder is fun to talk about, but it's not as interesting because it's all drug related. That's right. That's exactly right. And yeah, I love you. I love you. Have a good day.